views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Good evening. Thank you for joining me for Here's the Thing. I am Lauren Cardinal, your host. If you want to change your life, it does. It starts with changing your mind. So thank you for listening live now on Oldies 107.9 WOLD, now serving even more of Central Jersey at 95.1 FM, and recordings of the show being played on 97.5 in Sussex County on Saturday mornings. This show, Here's the Thing, is about you and for you, and each week we discuss relevant and timely topics so that you have more tools to help you just live a better, more fulfilling life. I'm a certified life coach and clinical hypnotherapist, and we talk about what's important to you. So if you have something to ask or to share, please do. In the meantime, thank you for listening live, and thank you to my podcast listeners. I'm excited to be here with you tonight. I want to welcome all of my new listeners as well as my regular listeners. And if you want to call in, you can write down this number, 732 748 1079. I'd love to hear from you. So many of us are working today by leaning more and more on heavily sorting out our information, our organizing our emails, cramming facts. And no matter how creative you were to begin with, if you focus on facts and details for long enough, your creative side will certainly take a dip. More and more of us are losing touch with our intuitive side, our creativity and our ability to think out of the box. The problem? Many of us are only using half of our box. Research shows that more than 60% of people in the developed world are dominant in left hemisphere or left brain style thinking. Thinking with the left side of your brain is excellent for fact gathering and analyzing and for precision and analysis. It's also great for organizing information and situations, keeping records, developing plans. In short, your left brain loves order and details. But the trouble with zooming in on the details is that you can miss out on the bigger picture. That's the realm of your right brain. And it facilitates wonderful abilities such as flexibility of thinking, intuitive problem solving, creative planning, considering values, spotting new possibilities, and interacting sensitively and positively with others. So tonight we are going to talk about the importance of and how to nurture the right side of your brain and get back with whole brain thinking for better problem solving and really 
just being our smarter selves. We've got a lot to talk about in the next hour. I still would love to hear from you. If something that I say triggers a thought with you, just reach out to the phone and give me a call, 732-748-1079. So first off, tonight's show is brought to you by Full Recovery Wellness Center. Full Recovery is located in Fairfield, New Jersey. And whether you're struggling to get clean and sober, a 12-step old-timer, or a family member of a recovering alcoholic or addict, the Full Recovery Wellness Center offers the tools needed to succeed in recovery and in life. They have a dedicated and caring staff that understands that addiction is a complex illness. It has biological, genetic, psychological, social, and developmental roots, and their treatment targets the entire range of those factors. Their goal is simple. Provide the tools that help people in recovery to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery offers outpatient, and intensive outpatient treatment programs, as well as free family dynamic workshop series. They focus on the individual and the family to integrate recovery principles and spiritual concepts with leadership, relationship, and career skills to guide individuals to a life of contribution and prosperity. For more information, you can find them at 973-244-0022. That's 973-244-0022, or find them online at www.full-recovery.com. Great. So a couple things that I wanted to mention. Starting in February, I do have a new offering. It is called Mind-Based Results Coaching. It combines coaching, hypnotherapy, and brain language programming to produce transformative and lasting effects for my clients. This program, from the comfort of wherever you are, but in live sessions, is about getting to the root causes, not just addressing the symptoms. Mind-based results coaching is for people who are ready to stop suffering from the same hidden blocks, the never-ending challenges, the worry, the pain, and fear that keeps them from creating a successful and fulfilling life. I guess the real question is this. Are you ready for change? If you are... It may be time to check out this program. You can find more information on my website, on Facebook, or by contacting me at 973-418-2170. If you'd like to receive my newsletter, it goes out every week on Thursdays called Here's the Thing on Thursday. You can go to my website's contact page and just click on the newsletter icon, or you can send an email to me. My website is www.laurencardinal.com, and that's cardinal with an E on the end. Or you can send me an email to lauren at laurencardinal.com. So last week's show was my interview with New York Times bestselling author Laura Schroff. We discussed her story called An Invisible Thread. It's about her meeting with an 11-year-old underprivileged boy and the relationship that they created now over 25 years ago. This touching story. It's just a a tapestry of emotion and understanding, and it just exemplifies the meaning of small acts of kindness. And one small act of kindness really can reverberate around the world, as we're seeing with her book. Laura Schroff will join us again in the future to discuss another one of our books called Angels on Earth. So very much looking forward to having her back on the show. 
To hear what was discussed in last week's show, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find that podcast as well as all of my previous show's podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com, or through iTunes. You can call it up by my name or by Here's the Thing. And in addition to welcoming listeners on 107.9 and 95.1 FM, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK 97.5, broadcasting pre-recorded shows from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. And as always, you can listen to the live show on the Internet at woldradio.com through the TuneIn Radio app on your Android phone or the free Apple app. Try and say that three times fast. If you are just joining in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about cultivating your creativity to activate better thinking and so much more. There's so much more to it. But who doesn't want better thinking, right? If you'd like to comment on anything as I go along, please call 732-748-1079. Now, let's get on with the show. So, one of the most encouraging new discoveries, which I guess it's debatable whether it's new or not because of how quickly science moves, but relative terms, it's new. The human brain has made that it, it's, it can physically change itself by changing its accustomed ways of thinking, by deliberately exposing itself to new ideas and routines, and by learning new skills. They call it neuroplasticity, ways to expand the brain. Now, we can move beyond the ideas of fixed intelligence limits and special gifts for a lucky few and look for new ways to enhance potential brain power. One of the exciting new horizons that brain plasticity opens is the possibility of questioning the concept of talent, especially the concepts of artistic talent and creative talent. Creativity is most simply defined as the use of the imagination to generate original ideas. Creativity can be used by any normally functioning human being working working in any field. People are born with the natural ability to come up with completely original ideas, alternative solutions to problems, and use some sort of language to communicate with other humans and conceptualize imaginary objects through storytelling, whether for entertainment purposes or similarly to what I do with hypnosis for therapeutic benefit. For most of Western history, the right side of the brain was short-shifted by neurologists with the intention of helping people think rationally. Makes perfect sense from the rational brain, right? Ha ha. Only in recent years have experts begun to praise the creative, holistic right hemisphere. And I feel like, I feel like to a certain extent it was, just, it was bound to happen. A brief review, the brain. Okay, so the left brain, verbal, analytical. It's all about the past and the future and details, details, details. It thinks in language, that internal dialogue that connects our internal world to our external world. 
The left brain is that to-do list. The right brain is mainly visual and perceptual. It's all about the present. And the two halves are not equal. Language, as we know, is extremely powerful. And the left hemisphere, the left brain, does not easily share its dominance with its considered to be silent partner. The left hemisphere deals with an exact world where things are named and counted, where time is kept, and step-by-step plans remove uncertainty from the future. The right hemisphere exists in the moment, in a timeless, unspoken world, where things are buried in context and complicated outlooks that are constantly changing. And impatient with the right hemisphere's view of the complex whole, the competitive left hemisphere tends to jump quickly into a task, bringing language to it, even though it may be unsuited to that particular task. This is true in things like drawing. If you can think back to drawing when we want to draw something quickly, we use symbols, maybe even from childhood, to quickly draw an abstract image. The left brain rushes in to take over drawing that it's a task that's best accomplished by our right hemisphere, the right brain, which is more visual. In order to gain access to the right hemisphere, it is necessary to present the left hemisphere with a task that it will turn down. What? What is she talking about? I'm going to get into that, but just think about that for a moment. In order to gain access to the right hemisphere, the right brain, the visual, the present mind, it's necessary to present the left hemisphere with a task that it will turn down. And I have some exercises that we're going to go to at the end of the, towards the end of the show, at least a little bit later, and that'll exemplify that a little bit more. But in other words, it's no use going up against strong verbal, domineering left brain to try to keep it out of the task. It essentially can be tricked to not wanting to do the task. And once it's tricked, it tends to fade out and will stay out, ending its interfering and going around. As a side benefit, this shift to a different from usual mode of thinking results in just a fantastic state of being, highly focused, singularly attentive, deeply engaging, wordless, timeless, productive, and mentally restorative state. And this has been corroborated scientifically. I expect you've probably heard of studies that, I mean, they're all different things that they talk about with the brain, but the studies that have shown that people who lose language abilities due to whether it's left brain dementia or damage or something else that affects the left brain, they almost spontaneously develop unusual artistic or musical or rhyming abilities, including drawing abilities skills attributed to the right hemisphere. And some argue that the left, left hemisphere normally acts like a, like a bully, inhibiting and suppressing the right. And as the left hemisphere falters, the right's uninhibited potential can emerge. So teaching people, for example, to draw by developing ways to stop the verbal analytical left hemisphere from inhibiting the right hemisphere's artistic tendencies 
deactivates the left hemisphere's inhibition of the right by giving the participants a task that left brain hemisphere would be unable to understand and so turn down. Sounds more complicated than I think it really is. It's just a matter of tapping into that right brain and engaging the left brain in a way that it's sort of like, oh, forget it. Right brain, you take over. I give up on this one. So for the past mm, 200 years or so, scientists have known that language and language-related capabilities are mainly located in the left hemisphere for the majority of individuals. And for approximately 98% of right-handers, and about two-thirds of left-handers. And this knowledge was largely derived from observations of the effects of brain injuries. It was apparent, for example, that an injury to the left side of the brain was more likely to cause a loss of speech capability than an injury to, of equal severity to the right side. Because speech and language are such vitally important human capabilities, the scientists at that time named the left hemisphere the dominant or major hemisphere and named the right brain the subordinate or the minor hemisphere. Reflecting these labels, the general view, which prevailed until pretty recently, was that the right half of the brain was less advanced, less evolved than the left half. So, uh, kind of a twin, but with lower level capabilities. And if we think about it, there are the, the phrases, um, left of center, uh, my right hand didn't know what my left was doing, or turning that around, kind of the relationship of each. But there was another thing that I came across talking about the left, and just an indication that the right, is, the right brain is dominant, the right is the correct way to be, and the left is a little bit off. And that is changing, and certainly hopefully changing after I go through this material tonight. Very exciting stuff for me. So today, that biased view has changed due to research. Neuroscientists, perhaps somewhat reluctantly at first, came to recognize that both hemispheres are involved in high human-level cognition, with each half of the brain specialized for different modes of thinking, both highly complex. But what you might well ask is, does this have anything to do with learning? Well, it certainly does. And something else that I wanted to mention, that um, specialized for different modes of thinking and both highly complex um, and human-level cognition, the right brain and the left brain are connected in the center in the way that they communicate, but they really do almost have different personalities. Different personalities. It's just, it's fascinating. And in hypnosis, we often engage the right brain because of that intuitive factor, that self-awareness, that going inward, that accessing that right brain. And you can imagine that hypnosis gets better for clients the more that they practice it just like meditation, just like the exercises that we'll go through because we are predominantly focused on left brain in our society. So it takes a little bit of practice. So hypnosis, accessing the right brain, 
when in regular mode, it details, di dictates details. And the imagery goes from right brain to left brain and left brain to right brain because we try and put words around it. But in hypnosis, we try and keep it in the imagery. In fact, I read something a long time ago when I was studying, first studying hypnosis and how they use hypnosis in um, police cases and using the hypnosis to call, recall details. Now, to the best of my knowledge, they're not admittable in court just because of the, you, can, you do have the ability to make things up in hypnosis. However, what I found so interesting about that is that when people are in hypnosis or thinking about a specific detail or recalling details, those imagery, the thoughts, the feelings, um, the smells, the tastes, anything that's going on, that's in the right brain. And when they're asked in a police case to talk about that, that imagery is switched from the right brain over to the left brain with the verbal details, almost as if never to go back. Because once the words are around it, then the words create the picture. Those words prevent the right brain from accessing that information in the same way because the words have already been put around what was in the right brain. I just find it fascinating. And certainly a way to access that information is in through the right brain with hypnosis um, and really getting into that right brain to be able to recall the details most specifically because once they're put into words, that's the visual imagery, those words. So there we go. And the image, the image just can lose its integrity. It's the product of the words rather than the image. Sorry, I was just checking my notes on that. I wanted to make sure I included everything about that. So experts suggest that bilateral distribution, the equal distribution in both parts of the brain, may produce superior mental abilities. Perhaps because it's easier to access both modes, left-handers seem to excel in mathematics, music, sports, and chess. Not always. Seem to is the operative phrase there. And the history of art can certainly suggest evidence of an advantage for left-handedness in the field of art. Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Raphael, we're all left-handed. Of course, there are far more famous um, artists out there than just those three who happen to be left-handed. The process of Learning to draw, for example, can create some degree of mental conflict between the two modes. It's possible that left-handers are more used to that kind of conflict and are therefore better able to cope with the discomfort it creates than are fully lateralized right-handers. So through studies, scientists believe that the control question may be decided mainly in two ways. And the control question meaning which hemisphere has the control. One is speed, which hemisphere gets to the job the quickest. A second way is motivation, which hemisphere cares most or likes the task the best. And conversely, which hemisphere cares the least and likes the job the least. In the example I gave before about drawing, to draw a face, let's say, realistically is a right brain function. The problem is that the left brain, 
is dominant and speedy and is very prone to Russian with words and symbols, even taking over the jobs, which it's not really the best suited for. And the studies indicate that the dominant left brain prefers not to give up the tasks to its quieter right brain partner, which would indicate there's some dominance there, right? Whether it's because the job takes up too much time or it's too detailed or slow or because the left brain is simply unable to accomplish the task would be the reasons why it gives it up. And that's exactly what we need in order to access our right brain, tasks that the dominant left brain will turn down. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I am your host, Lauren Cardinal. Tonight we are talking about cultivating your creative intelligence, really accessing your right brain. Talking a little bit about the brain right now, the left brain and the right brain, the two hemispheres, and the differences between those before we get into the exercises that will help us access the right brain and that creative intelligence. If you have anything you want to share or comment on, 732-748-1079. So why is it so beneficial to tap into our right brains? Well, we started out by talking about whole brain thinking. For obvious reasons, using the whole brain has got to be better than using half of a brain, right? Well, it stands that by accessing the less often tapped into right side of our brain, we're engaging the whole brain and getting in synchronicity. If we think of it this way, that when you know someone, a friend, a family member, whomever, that you're in sync with, it's easy, right? Things are just easier. There's an unspoken understanding. It's almost like you don't even have to communicate as much. With other people, communication can be labor-intensive, perhaps exhausting, just trying to get to the point of clear understanding. But not when people are in sync. So tapping into the right brain, accessing the whole brain thinking, is like getting in sync with more. Not just people. Just getting in sync more. Let me put it to you this way. And even if you don't like scientific jargon, just bear, me with, bear with me on this. And there may, be, there may be something interesting for you. There is an energy all around us. It is magnetic and electrical, and it's constantly vibrating at many different frequencies. This electromagnetic field can be measured with scientific instruments. And one strong frequency, when measured, reads about 10 cycles per second. Therefore, the energy that surrounds every single molecule in the universe could be measured at a strong frequency of around 10 cycles per second. The human brain is also made up of vibrating energy. Where the heart is measured in beats per minute, the brain is measured in cycles per second, brain waves. And there are many different levels of these vibrations. Currently, you're probably in the beta or wakeful state, producing frequencies more in the range of 14 to 21 cycles per second. People usually employ only parts of the brain during conscious states. In those beta brainwave states, you're predominantly using the left side of your brain for logic and analytical purposes. There are other ranges as well. Delta is one of the slowest frequencies, and that's about 2 to 4 cycles per second. Delta is predominant when we're babies, until we learn to develop higher brain waves, and when we're near physical death. And there's, there's, stuff, there's 
information that's not completely known about the delta. But there is also theta, which are a little bit faster than delta, or around four to seven cycles per second. Theta is prevalent during deep sleep and is associated with very little conscious activity. Theta brain waves are observable during the fight or flight defense response, which is inherent in all of us and all creatures, and it occurs when the body reacts to protect itself from a real or perceived threat. For humankind, for all of us, the strongest frequencies occur in the alpha range, typically between 7 and 14 cycles per second. This was the first and most powerful frequency discovered by science. That's why it's named alpha, which is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. In the alpha state, we more equally use the creative and logical aspects of our brains. Most musicians and artists emit high levels of alpha waves while expressing their talents. And alpha can be easily measured during our dream state when the creative dimension comes alive. But now comes the fun part. Somewhere in the middle of the alpha range is the strongest receptive state we can experience. It's where we unlock our true potential, where we are centered. The strongest part of the alpha range is around 10 cycles per second, the same powerful energy as the most predominant electromagnetic field in the universe. So when you center yourself at this frequency, you are more connected with and more able to tap into the power of yourself and everything around you. It's like if you think of how you tune into a radio station. If you're a little off, you hear the station's broadcast, but not clearly as clearly as when you center in the dial on its frequency. So slowing down and getting into that alpha brainwave at 10 cycles per second is dialing it in to that exact frequency. So there's a lot more to discuss, but I want to take a quick break. And after the break, we'll get back right to it, get into some exercises. Be back in just a moment. Did you know there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey? The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive Badge of Honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state-licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center, located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. 
1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Tonight on the show, we are talking about cultivating your creative intelligence, really getting better access to your right brain, turning on your right brain, visual, perceptual, spatial thinking, more intuition, more creative problem solving, more whole-brained thinking in our left-brain-dominated society. Now, just before the break, I was talking about how... I guess we we could call it meditation, settling in and slowing down our brains to tap into the alpha brain waves right at about 10 cycles per second puts us in connection with the most predominant electromagnetic wave out there. So for all intents and purposes, connection to the universe. I know it sounds way out there, but when you think about it, if everything is vibrating, if you match the vibration, you are going to notice that. You're going to feel it. And perhaps that's what when those are those people that are meditating frequently talk about the visions that they get. Who knows? Maybe that's exactly where they are. Those visions that tap into their right brain, creative problem solving, answers come to them. It all seems to be pulling together and making sense here, doesn't it? Just putting it out there. Okay, so there's something else that I wanted to mention about the right brain. And I mentioned it in my newsletter last Thursday. So for those of you who received it, you likely already know what I'm about to say. Hopefully you do, just because um, this video that I included a link to in my my newsletter. I saw it several years ago, several years ago, and I'm still in awe of it. And I'll get to that in, in just a minute, but I wanted to mention that it really, it kind of was the, the driver, the catalyst for this topic tonight. That in addition to over the years, hearing other people talk and write about the right brain and tapping into the creative intelligence. And even from my work in hypnosis, the creative imagery and being present. We talk about mindful mindfulness, being present and understanding our bodies. That all, ha- in order to do that, we have to be tapping into our right brain because it's about the present. The left brain is about the future and the past. Details, details. The right brain is about the present. So this video, it's just an amazing TED Talk by Jill Bolte-Taylor. Now, Ms. Taylor is a neuroanatomist who suffered a stroke. A scientist, a left-brain person, suffered a stroke in her left brain and had access intermittently while the hemorrhage was taking place in her brain, had access to the left brain, but ultimately did not have access to her left brain, only to her right brain. And to hear her describe what happened to her that day is simply amazing. To hear it described by a neuroanatomist, somebody who studies the brain. Now, as she describes it, our right hemisphere thinks in pictures. And it learns kinesthetically through the movement of our bodies. Information in the form of energy streams in simultaneously through all of our systems. And then it explodes into this enormous collage of what this present moment looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, what it sounds like, and what it feels like. 
it says I'm an energy being connecting energy all around me through my right hemisphere, my right brain. She says we're energy beings connected to each other through our right hemispheres. Our left hemisphere, our left brain, thinks linearly and methodically about the past and the future. It takes all of that information of the present moment and picks out details, details, details and more details. It categorizes them based on our past experiences and projects into the future the possibilities. Sounds a lot like um, our history pre creating the future, right? You can kind of understand where anxiety comes from, too. Not living in the present, taking past and projecting it into the future. And the left brain thinks in language. It's that brain chatter that connects our internal world to our external world and our to-do lists. Most importantly, it's the voice that says, I am. And if you think about that, just even saying that, I am, it almost puts a stake in the ground, right? I am. And as soon as it does, it separates us from those around us. And as she explains it, this is the part that Ms. Taylor lost on the morning of her stroke, her ability to connect with the I am. And as a result, everything was connected. Her mind shifted away from her normal views of reality. She was unable to define the boundaries of her body. She could only detect energy. And when the left brain chatter went totally silent, she was captivated by the energy around her. Imagine what it would be like to be disconnected from your brain chatter. Just wrap your thoughts around that for a second. Now, she says that she felt lighter in her body. The stressors were gone. It was peaceful. What would it feel like to lose 30, 40, 50 years of emotional baggage? Seriously. I don't know about you, but it sounds a lot like daydreaming, right? Now, just stay with me on this. She's, she's talking about this, and if you have a chance to check out the TED Talk, I highly recommend it. Jill Bolte Taylor, B-O-L-T-E Taylor. I'll include it on my podcast write-up so that you can find it. Um, those of us with attention difficulties... Oftentimes, we're described as daydreaming, right? Wouldn't that mean they're right brain dominant? It's interesting, right? I mean, there's further that we can go with that right now, but that's a, a different subject. It just came to my mind. I digress. Interestingly, though, as Ms. Taylor had a stroke in her left brain, left hemisphere strokes appear to be more common than right hemisphere strokes. Could it be that we're overusing our left hemispheres to the point of blowout? Now, that's a reach. That's a stretch. But in either case, it does seem to get us paying attention more to the right brain, even if by the fact that the left brain stroke is limiting verbal abilities and we can see an enhancement in the right brain abilities. So there's a book by Daniel Coyle called The Talent Code. 
and it describes how the brain reacts when a person develops a new skill. And this is important because we're going to start talk, I'm going to start talking about the exercises we can do soon. So performing an action involves firing an electrical signal through a neural pathway. And each time that happens, it thickens the myelin sheath, the coating that surrounds the nerve fibers, kind of like the rubber coating on electrical wires. The thicker that coating around the neural pathway, the more easily and effectively we use it. So those neural pathways that have the heavy coating kind of are equal to just amazing skills. So throughout our education, we have myelinated, we've created the coding around left brain pathways for thinking logically. We were prepared for predictability and order, not perhaps today's constant flood of innovation and change, but the, the pathways are being created there. Now it's an opportunity to build up those myelin sheaths, the coatings, around new skill circuits located in our right brain. And to do this, Mr. Coyle says that we need deep practice. So deep practice, how does that differ from practice? Perhaps it's just either in the intensity or the duration or the number of times we practice it. Either way, it's the same no matter what the skill, that the practice is what helps develop the the ease of those neural pathways. So let's talk about some of those exercises. The first one is meditation. And we've talked about the meditation and the mindfulness in the past. That meditation is just slowing down your brain waves, getting it to that 10 cycles per second. Taking the opportunity to get centered, to get grounded, and allowing that chatter to stop. Now, it's not, I'm the first one to admit, it's not easy to get that chatter to stop. We've, we start to slow down to connect with our breathing, and all of a sudden the left brain starts. Got to go pick up this, got to do this, got to remember to do this. But then it's a matter of breathing into it and letting that thought go, just observing your breath. So meditation is really just taking the opportunity to observe your breath. And when your mind kicks in, your left brain chatter kicks in, you just release it, let it go and focus on your breathing again. Practice, practice, practice. That's what they call the meditation practice. Some other interesting exercises that I came across. Um, the next two that I'm going to talk about came from a book called Drawing on the Right Side of Your Brain. And this is another, another thing that years ago I heard about this book because I heard somewhere that by accessing the right brain and essentially turning off the left brain, that people are able to create just the perfect sphere shape because it's not a way of analyzing it. It's um, the way that the right brain is engaged and accessing the right brain being able to draw better. So I have this book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, by Betty... What is her name? Betty Edwards. Betty Edwards, Drawing on the Right Side of Your Brain. Fantastic book. 
So two of the exercises that I'm going to mention are from that book. So they do have to deal with drawing and accessing the right, brain, right side of your brain, your right brain that way. So the first one is called the vase face exercise. And it's called the vase face because it can be seen as either. And I'm sure you've seen those pictures before where it looks like, if you look at it one way, it looks like a vase. And if you look at the negative space, it looks like the profile of two faces. So that's what this exercise is. So it's a matter of first copying one half of the vase or the face. And if you're right-handed, you draw the profile on the left side of the page facing toward the center. And then draw the horizontal lines at the top and the bottom of the profile, forming the top and bottom of the vase, essentially. And then take the pencil and slowly go back over the line of the profile that you've just drawn and name the parts from the top to the bottom as you draw the line, like forehead, nose, upper lip, lower lip, chin, neck. And then go to the other side of the page and start to draw the facing profile that will complete the symmetrical vase in the center. And when you get somewhere around the forehead or nose, you may begin to experience some mental confusion or conflict. It's an opportunity to mentally note that as it happens. And a few people experience a great deal of conflict, even a moment of paralysis. And if, that happen if this happens to you, you may have come to a point where you need to change direction in the drawing. But you didn't know if the line should go to the right or the left. The conflict may be great enough that you don't know whether to move your hand up or down or move the pencil to continue the drawing. And that's the purpose of this exercise, to create the mental conflict so that each person can experience in their own mind that crunch that can occur when instructions are inappropriate to the task at hand. And by deciding, let's say, that you didn't care that the vase was symmetrical or not and just drawing any old memorized profile just to get it done, to finish the exercise. If that's what is chosen to do, then that is the verbal side, the left brain re-engaging, and the right brain is no longer engaged because the vase will not be symmetrical, something that seems to upset both modes, both sides of the hemispheres. And this is the point that of the seemingly simple vase face exercise, that in order to draw a perception, something that you see with your eyes, you must make a mental shift to the visual spatial brain mode that's specialized for the task. The difficulty of making the shift from verbal to visual mode often causes that crunch. And maybe at that point when you do this exercise, you give yourself, you give yourself instructions like, shift gears or change your strategy. But realistic drawing of a perceived image requires a shift to a mode of thinking that's fundamentally different from the one that we rely on almost all of our waking hours. And it's the kind of drawing that maybe relatively few activities require, just that one mode, the visual mode, mostly unassisted by the verbal mode. And there are other examples of athletes Dancers, for instance, seem to perform best by quieting their verbal system during performances. It's often called being in the zone. It's a lot like hypnosis. It also reduces that methylation pattern that, and it slows down the effects of stress. We talked about methylation pattern and the effects of, of it 
for stress and the stress on the body in the show that I did on December 11th about stress. So if you want to find out more about that, you can check that out. <clears throat> the next exercise is drawing upside down. When an image is upside down, the visual clues don't match. The message is strange and the brain becomes confused. If you start by simply copying the lines, but remember, don't turn the drawing right side up. And if you talk to yourself at all during the exercise, use only the language of vision, such as this line bends this way or that shape has a curve there or compared to the edge of the paper, vertical or horizontal, this line angles like that, and so on. What you want to try to avoid is naming the parts. When you come to parts that seem to force their names on you, like the hands and the face, just try to focus on those parts as shapes. And you know, it's interesting because for reasons that are still unclear, the verbal system immediately rejects, rejects the task of reading and naming upside-down images. The left brain seems to say, in effect, I don't do upside down. It's too hard to name things seen this way. And besides, the world isn't upside down. Why should I bother with such insignificancies? But that's just what we want in terms of turning on the right brain. And the right brain doesn't care. Upside down, right side up, that's all interesting. So another exercise that you can do is to sign your name, but sign it every which way. So start by signing your name, and when you're done, sign again, but this time do it in a mirror, right to left rather than left to right. Just moving your hand backward fires the right brain hemisphere. Make sense? Now you can sign your name upside down then backward and upside down. And then you can just repeat it until you can sign in all directions. That one I think it's, it's a bit easier, it's fun, it's interesting, and good luck. That one I haven't tried, but I'm going to, because I don't think that one would take a lot of time. Another example is having a bilateral conversation, bilateral using both of your hands. For this exercise, take a pencil in your right hand even if you're left-handed, and write the question, how's it going? Then switch the pencil to your left hand and write whatever pops up. Now, your non-dominant hand's writing will be shaky, and that's okay. The important thing isn't the neatness or the tidiness. It's noticing that your brain hemispheres have different personalities, let's say. And the right side of the brain, which controls the left hand, will say things you don't know that you know. It specializes in assessing your physical and mental feelings, and it often offers solutions. The right side of the brain, assessing your physical and mental feelings, accessing the right side of the brain in hypnosis. That is why hypnosis can be so beneficial. So take a nap, your right hemisphere might say, or just do what feels right and we'll be fine. Maybe there's just a little bit of some Zen that comes across there in what you read. And you can have a whole conversation back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And again, the neatness of the tidiness doesn't matter. The next one, learn new moves. 
you need your right hemisphere to move in an unfamiliar way, whether you're learning a complicated dance step or holding a new yoga posture, or cutting your own hair, which may not be the best thing to try. So try this. Walk a few steps, noticing how your arms swing opposite from your legs. And then walk with your right arm and right foot going forward simultaneously. And then the left hand and the left foot. Is it difficult? Probably not. And then do it backward. And then do it backwards with your eyes closed. Any variation that's initially hard but ultimately learnable, you'll master a new skill. But more importantly, you'll build your overall right brain facility. Oh, and this reminds me of something that I saw. I think it was on the show Brain Games, where participants, willing participants, were riding a bicycle, but the handlebars were somehow backwards. So they had to turn the handlebars in an opposite direction in order to go where they wanted to go while they were pedaling. It was something like that. And eventually, their brains acclimated and were able to do that. And then when they got on a regular bicycle, they had to relearn the regular bicycle because their brain had adapted to that new way. It was really amazing. Amazing what we can do and how we can adapt. So another exercise. Think of a problem that stumped you for a while. Just it could be anything. could be anything. And with this challenge in your mind... Just go read a few paragraphs in unrelated books or a magazine, and then relax. Do some chores around the house, and then think of the problem periodically, and then drop it again. And I tell my kids this frequently. If, you know, we're all talking at the same time, and somebody says, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. My standard response is, it's all right. You'll remember it. You always do. Because... When we can release that from the thinking, trying to control it in the left brain, getting the details, once we release it, then it almost just pops back up. And I know you know what I'm talking about. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, that's right, that's it. Or what was the name of that movie star? And then the name comes to you. When we relax, it comes to us. Kind of like relaxing during test taking. Just breathe and let it go and the information will come. And the process encourages the eureka, those epiphanies. Um, reminds me of like a TV show where the doctor just gets that, I've got it, Inspector Clouseau, I've got it, the insight to solve the case. And when you do this and you use this, your ideas might not be perfect, and that's fine. It's a matter of practice and using your right brain to come up with the solutions. You may be able to come up with them if you also uh, incorporate the meditation and getting there. So in a world where information is super abundant, unique and creative ideas are hot ticket advantages both personally and professionally. The world is awakening to the fact that there is more to the human mind's capability than what it's used for regularly. Whole brain thinking has the potential to change the world. Those whom society deems to be geniuses have the ability to whole brain, use their whole brain for thinking. Turning on your right brain is a skill, one that grows steadily stronger the more you work at it. Learn to harness the power of your brain, 
unleash forgotten facts and memories laying within the subconscious mind and see new ideas emerge and develop that make a difference in this ever-increasingly complex world. Is it time to step to the right of our left brains? Perhaps it is. The books I mentioned, Drawing on the Right Side of Your Brain by Betty Edwards, Relax, You're Already Perfect by Bruce Schneider, and the TED Talk video of Jill Bolte-Taylor. In closing, creativity is intelligence having fun, and creativity is the greatest rebellion in existence. I would like to thank my sponsor, Full Recovery Wellness Center. I would like to thank you for joining me tonight. Set your calendar and tune in next week live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, access your right brain, and enjoy. Good night. You know there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey? The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive Badge of Honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center, located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. The views and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.